singing in the kitchen. You are listening to Redeemer Radio, a weekly conversation connecting the gospel of Jesus Christ to the questions and issues of everyday life. Hosted by the leaders of Redeemer Presbyterian Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. Greetings, Redeemer family, and welcome back to Redeemer Radio. I'm Ross, the assistant pastor at Redeemer. We are continuing season one of the podcast called Life Together, and this episode is called Family in Action, and we're putting into practice some of the things we've been learning about church as family. So I had the honor of interviewing Al and Sook Cadwell, who have had leukemia enter their story this year. So we talked about all the different um, ways they've seen God at work in their lives, some of the encouragements, as well as some of the struggles that they've been going through over the last several months on this journey. So take a listen and see what God is up to in the life of one of the families in our church, as well as learn ways to be praying for them. So I'm going to turn it over to that interview now. All right, Redeemer, I'm joined now by Al and Sook Cadwell. They have been members of Redeemer for quite a while. They've been faithful members involved in many different ways. And um, as many of you probably know, they've had um, some ups and downs this year that we're going to be talking about with them. Um, I am so humbled and honored to get the opportunity to talk with them um, about this and um, just get to hear a little more thorough update from them. So, Alan Sook, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having thanks, us. Thanks, Ross. Yeah. So, yeah, let's just, I guess, start. Let's, let's bring it back a couple months. Could you guys just briefly take us through the weeks and days leading up to um, your diagnosis and what those were like? Uh, so, uh, how this all began was back in July. Uh, I just simply went to my annual physical and was just expecting what I normally get, which is a good report, I'm healthy, um, et cetera. And most of the things that I look to as far as concerns about my health would be like whether I'm type two diabetic or, or not, because I have a history of that and cholesterol, et cetera. Anyway, long story short is those all came back looking good, but my uh, doctor sent me a message and said, however, we see a problem with your blood counts um, and we need to look into that. And so, uh, so we had some additional blood work done, and he referred me to a hematologist. I'm not going to go through all the details of what happened over the ensuing weeks, but so long story short is they asked me, do you have a history of um, autoimmune disease? Hmm. Uh, and I really had no idea what that meant. So I went online, kind of looked on Google just to see what, what, why they were asking that, what that could possibly mean. And there's just a whole slew of things that uh, autoimmune disease could be. Um, not just my leukemia, but other things as well. And so when I started seeing those plethora of different things that this could be, I stopped and just decided, you know what, there's no way for us to know until we get a better diagnosis. And so I'm not going to worry about it. So I stopped looking cause I didn't, I saw no benefit to looking and going down the rabbit trail of different possibilities and worrying about it. Wow. So I did, yeah, no, that was probably really smart. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I also want to go back and just say that me not worrying about that and kind of being at peace through that process or, or even at peace through once I learned that I had leukemia, 
I am not a super Christian. I'm thankful that the Holy Spirit has given me peace that Christ promised us. Um, you know, in the book of John, before he left and ascended back to heaven, you know, he says, I am your peace and I leave you my peace. Yeah. And so uh, the peace that I've had over that is his doing. It's not me. I really don't want to come across in our conversations that I've, I've come to a place of having this thing figured out called Christian life. Yeah. Um, so, but going back to your question, so, so we just stopped, at least I just stopped looking and just waited. And then finally, did you, like, did it take a lot of energy to, to just stop looking at, you know, potential, what it could potentially be? No, uh, I, I really felt that it just wasn't going to be helpful. Yeah. Um, Cause I could worry about things of which wouldn't come to be. And, and so in the, in those process of those few weeks, uh, I did have a bone marrow biopsy that the, the oncologist said, well, we really need to go and have that done. Cause that will really tell us what's going on with your, with your body. Yeah. And so that was about a two or three week period process. And then when they did come back with the diagnosis, it was that I have acute leukemia. Wow. Okay. And then things went really quickly after that. So I found out on a Thursday, that's what I had. And the oncologist was alluding that I might even be in the hospital two or three days after that, starting chemotherapy. She said, that's really where we're going. And so that was on a Thursday. I went and worked the following day to try to turn things over because I knew I was going to be out of work and uh, turned in, um, noticed that I was going to go out on FMLA. And uh, that was my last day. It was the very next day. And, and so that went really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess take us into, you know, more of your inner world in that moment. Like what were some of the first places for both of you that your minds took you um, upon hearing that news? Well, I just speaking, I'll let so speak. I think um, for me, um, you know, it, first of all, it, we, we, we're so confident that, that nothing happens without God's knowledge. Um, I, I think the fact that Al went in for um, a schedule, you know, checkup and got this result um, was not, you know, God did not, I mean, he, that was part of his plan. And, and so we were confident that, that that is where we were headed. But I think once he had his diagnosis, that kind of sped, everything happened. Because the first um, oncologist we saw a hematologist. She was really good at what she did, but she was also very, I thought a little bit anxious mm -hmm. because um, her, her answer was, you are going to be hospitalized this weekend or by Monday. And that was on a Thursday. And so that probably put some anxiety into, into me because I was, I was okay waiting to see what was going to happen. But then all of a sudden it became from, this is what you have. You are going to need treatment right away and um and because we had kind of let it not kind of take us over we didn't do all this research to be scared about it we didn't talk to people about it um that suddenly put a little bit of fear and anxiety of the going from the nurse's response yeah i mean do you know so suddenly we we are now going at 100 miles per hour and wow. we're going to get into the hospital. And so I had all these things that were had to happen. Um, 
you know, Hannah was getting ready to start school at UNCG. And then we had just so there were things that we were thinking, okay, we got to get our ducks to, you know, row in a row and get moving. And so, um, yeah, th there was that part, which was a little bit anxious for me, I thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's understandable. What about you, Al? Um, again, I, I don't want to come across as, um, being a super Christian, but I was really at peace about it. Um, I was at peace knowing, I, I was at peace considering that, you know, I don't know if I've got six months left to live. Yeah. Um, whether I've got 30 years left to live. Uh, but I was just simply at peace about it. And, and I think the reason why that I could, I could say that is, you know, like most people, um, Sook and I have gone through hardships before now in different trials in life and one of the things that uh, both before the diagnosis but also really since the time of the diagnosis i read a book by paul david tripp that i highly recommend people read called suffering okay and i highly recommend people read that before you're going into a trial because yeah scripture is very clear uh as believers you're gonna go through trials yeah. You're not in one now, you will go through one or more. So um, I was really just simply at peace that, you know, God has already got you. Were, you were already reading that book before the diagnosis? No, but I had, mm. uh, I, I, I had purchased the book. You already had it. Gotcha. I already had the book. And so oh. that, that got me off the stump of, well, I'm going to read that when I get around to it. So I start reading it right away. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, excellent book. Uh, but again, I don't have time to go into all the things that the book says, but it really just drives home the point that scripture tells us time and again, both in old and new Testament, you're going to go through hardship. And so do not be surprised by it. Wow. Expect it. Yep. Um, and then also that God uses these trials. Um, yeah. I think the reason why I've been at peace about it is that all the things that we go through in life, uh, the Bible is very clear about uh, have a purpose. Yeah. There's a purpose in my having leukemia. I may not know what it is during the time that I'm going through it. I may not ever know this side of, of heaven, what the purpose was behind it, but the, it has purpose and it has meaning. Yeah. And so, um, I, I've been okay about it. So, yeah. Wow. That's, that's really encouraging. I appreciate you guys sharing those things. So, I mean, I know there's been a lot, it's been a couple months now and you've, you've been going to the hospital a lot and doing all different kinds of, aspects to your treatment but could you just kind of fill us in uh, since that diagnosis up till now just what uh, your treatment has looked like um, and maybe even bring us up to speed yeah what, what it's looking like even right now okay uh, and fill in any gaps if I miss anything so I got the diagnosis and um, without going to, to, to the details of what led up to how my treatment started so I started treatment and the first treatment was uh, part of a clinical trial. And so there's not many patients uh, actually in the world that have gone through my particular chemo regimen. And my doctor only had one other patient that had, that had been going through it. So there was a bit of an unknown about what that would, whether it be successful, what it would do, uh, even more of an unknown of what kind of side effects I might have. Uh, because what was that the, like for you guys to, to take on a clinical trial treatment? Um, it was a step of faith yeah. because it was a relatively un, 
unknown treatment plan. Right. And they didn't have a lot of data as to what that, how successful it is. Uh, but it was also more targeted to my particular mutation. Leukemia. I have a, I have a specific okay. um, mutation in my cells that lead to the kind of leukemia that I have. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so we, we got, we got started on that particular trial that entailed me going into the hospital for a week, going through chemotherapy uh, doses of infusion while in the hospital. And then when I got out of the hospitals, when really the clinical trial portion started, because then I started taking chemo in a pill form uh, for three weeks after I got out of the hospital. And, um, and so I actually didn't even start feeling the effects and start feeling bad until after I got out of the hospital. And they told me that would be the case, that you probably won't feel anything until after you're at the hospital. And they really nailed that part of it. They said, it's probably gonna be around day 10 to around day 20 that you're gonna really feel the effects. Literally on day 10, I woke up feeling bad and I wow. felt bad for the next couple of weeks. Um, and then I also ended up having to go back in the hospital because I, I ran a fever during that period of time. And during the time of this chemo treatment, it brings my immunity down to zero because it's, it's really killing cancer, it's killing um, blood cells, white blood cells and red blood cells, specifically white blood cells, so that I had no immunity, spiked a fever, had to go in back into the hospital, I ended up being in the hospital for almost three weeks from there. Uh, so anyways, that, so that first month, though, once it was done, I had a bone marrow biopsy and it showed that I was now in remission, that they didn't detect any, um, any indications that my cells were, were still cancerous. Okay. Uh, and the doctor said that, you know, if we were to stop and do nothing else, you're probably going to have your, your leukemia re, uh, relapse in about two to three months. So you're not done. So this just gets us to a point of, re, of your leukemia being in remission. Yep. Now we have to go into a phase of chemotherapy called consolidation, which consolidates your chemo or your leukemia mm -hmm. so that it would, uh, keep you in, in remission for a longer period of time, whether it's a year, two years, three years, or even potentially a cure. Yeah. So now I'm in the midst of that, which is going through five days of leukemia while in the hospital, and then being out of the hospital for about three weeks or so, then going in for a second round, and then a third round after that. So I'm in the midst of that right now. Originally, I was going to be scheduled to go back into the hospital uh, for round two um, this week on Wednesday, but my blood counts have not recovered to the point where the doctor was comfortable with me going through chemo because this particular regimen is a little bit different and it's a high dose chemo. Okay. And so your body has to recover so that you can handle it. So it's now been pushed out for two more weeks. So I'm going to be going back into the hospital, not next week on Wednesday, but the following week on Wednesday for round two. Yeah. And then I'll have a third round, which will be, depending on how my body responds, probably anywhere between the end of November to mid-December-ish time frame. Okay. And after that point, I'll have another bone marrow biopsy to see how things look. And if I'm still in remission and things go well with that, then I might possibly be able to go back to work sometime. Most likely now I'm going to consider um, guesstimate February. Okay. Because in my job, I have to be in the office. I can't do my job remotely. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. So that's kind of where we're at. Yeah, and I, 
obviously can complicate things right now with the pandemic. So, okay. Yeah, no, thanks for, thanks for taking us through that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the first question on my mind then just hearing all that and what you guys have gone through the last several months is just what have been some of the significant challenges for both of you um, throughout this process? And it can be maybe personally or for your family or, or anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, there are a couple of things for me that I found were challenges. Um, apologize for the phone ringing there. <laughs> um, I, I think one of the things I, I have learned, I, I'm, I like planning. You know, that, that's usually my nature. Um, as a mom, as a teacher, you know, you plan things. And so uh, what, it, what I've learned is that you can't really plan for this. Yeah. You know, with his diagnosis, with his, even after we found out that we had to go back, uh, that he had to start chemo, that we had ended up having to wait for them to do more testing so that it could be more specific. So we, we, even though he had stopped working and was supposed to go in the hospital, it didn't happen. Uh, we had to wait for almost a week before that happened. Wow. And uh, so learning to live, um, initially I, I got into this thinking, okay, I, I'm just living for today because I know God is going to provide for today. And it was just that. But then I've learned that not only do you live for the day, you need to look for things that you can be thankful for. Because you can, you can even if you live for that day, you can easily get fall into the "woe is me," you know. And so, um, so I, I, those are challenges I find every day to find something to be thankful for for that day. The other challenge I found was in even from the very beginning, it was very hard to talk to people about it. Hmm. Uh, not because um, I was. Um, it, well, one because there was so much unknown for for us, we didn't want to get into. Let's read about this and know all. I we didn't want to get into the weeds of that, because you you know you can take your yourself into a place of um, just anxiety, and so. Um, but what I found challenging was when I did try to talk to people. I think people forget to be um, to empathize. Mm. They, they tend to want to give you solutions. They want to, so, and I don't think people mean intentionally to be, um, they, I don't think people intentionally do that. They just don't know what to say sometimes. So they don't like blank space or, you know, sometimes it's just okay to say, I'm really sorry about what you're going through. I can't understand or without giving any information. Mm. Um, there in the beginning, I heard people tell me everything from, oh, I know somebody who went through that and blah, 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 blah. And yeah. it was always something really hard to hear. And I just didn't want to hear that. I didn't want to. I, so I got to where I wouldn't talk to people about it. Yeah. Um, so I, I found that um, that was challenging because there were times I felt like I didn't have an outlet that way. Um, but um but I've learned to say, I don't want to talk about that in that way. You to say, okay, I know you're trying to help me, um, but that's not helpful. You know, um, this is because it was, it was really difficult to, to go through that with every person if I did talk about it. Um, Dan shared a um, video a, a number of years, uh, well, maybe earlier in the year from Brene Brown, 
um, showing the difference between empathy and sympathy. It, it's a short, short video, but it is so helpful mm. in understanding how to empathize with people. And it, it has helped me to understand how to listen to people better. Wow. So, um, so it's, it's a process I am also learning myself as I am going through it. So, yeah. uh, I'd say for me, probably the significant challenge would be, you know, we all get into routines in life and we like predict, we like predictability and we, we like to at least think in our own minds, we have a little more control over how life is going day to day. Yeah. And um, I've had to learn to be flexible, not only daily, but sometimes even moment by moment. Uh, well, either while in the hospital, things would change right away, yeah. uh, or while out of the hospital. Um, you know, my day, uh, I mean, I've got a lot more time in my hands that uh, I wish I didn't have. Uh, you know, I'm not working. So I've done a lot, of, a lot of reading, and I've enjoyed that. I love to read. Uh, but at some point you get, you even get tired of doing something you enjoy doing. And I'd rather just go back to work uh, yeah. and, and have more routine in my life. Um, it's kind of funny. We're created to work and God told us that, that we'll work will be part of our lives even before the fall of man, right. et cetera. And so I kind of feel in some ways, some days I feel like I'm just casting around, not knowing what to do. Um, but again, even day to day, like when I was in the hospital, they would change treatment plan based on how I was doing that mm. morning. They, I would never get any sleep while I was in the hospital. They were constantly doing things such as uh, on a daily basis, taking my blood and doing blood counts and how my day would go be, would be based on where my blood counts were that day. Yeah. So, uh, so just learning to live life with, uh, flexibility. Wow. And, um, yeah. Yeah, as a, as a planner myself, I I can see that that would take some it would take some adjustment, and uh, it's it's a learning process for sure. How to and, but I know ultimately um, God is in it and and <clears throat> shaping you in a way that um, looks more like His Son. But it's uh, that's difficult. Um, kind of on that point how would you say you've seen, I don't know, the, the promises of the gospel or the realities of the gospel and the promises in God's word collide with some of the challenges you've faced in this season? Um, well, I kind of alluded to it um, a little bit ago and uh, just reading through both what Paul David Tripp said and, and just looking at uh things in, in scripture is really clear both in the old and the new Testament, how much we should expect and not be surprised by hardship and trials that come at us in life. And I mean, we all go through that in life yeah. and, and we shouldn't be surprised by it. Uh, I think one of the things that has encouraged me through that is I think, I think about um, Christ, for example, uh, when, when he sent out his disciples two by two, or uh, when he was praying for his disciples uh, and uh, later on before he had ascended into heaven, he talked about in his prayers with, uh, with his heavenly father that about the hardships that they were going through. And he didn't pray for God to remove those hardships or take them out of those hardships. He simply prayed that God would strengthen them and empower mm -hmm. them in those hardships. And so it's really changed how I think about 
hard things that we go through and how I should be praying to God about them. Uh, of course, I pray that God would take this away, that I would have a permanent cure and all that. Um, but I've been at peace about whether he takes that away from me or not, or whether, you know, I have much longer, much shorter lifespan. But really what I pray more for is God would strengthen me in this and, and would keep me mindful that there's a purpose to what we're going through and it has meaning. There's nothing that happens in life that is outside of his plan. Um, and there's nothing that happens by accident or coincidence. There's, there's meaning behind it. Yeah. And that has really just filled me with a sense of peace and hope about that. Uh, God has already predetermined the outcome. Medical science is amazing. And some of the things that I've learned in this about, especially my particular uh, form of cancer with the mutation and the, and the clinical trial and how they've been able to come at it uh, with, new, with a new treatment plan, that's simply amazing. Yeah. My hope is not in the knowledge of, uh, of our doctors and our nurses, even though they've been all just incredible. But it's that fact that God's directing all that. He's working through them, and he, and he already has this figured out. So yeah. that would be helpful. I think uh, to answer the, the question, too, from, from my point of view, is that um, there is no collision in that sense, you know, because um, we believe God to be sovereign, then he is in control of all of that. You know, the challenges that we are facing is part of his plan yeah. to grow us um, and... Um, we're certainly far from perfection, obviously, you know, and so um, he's using us and he's, he's molding us to where he needs to be. So his promises are always there and, and has not changed with the challenges he's put in front of us. And so we do trust that that happens. Uh, do we have days when we have, uh, we lack that trust? Yes. Mm. You know, it's, it's the uh, we need to pray that we would have uh, that he would change our hearts you know that we would because there are days that are hard mm -hmm. and um but it, it doesn't um i mean to say that we always have great days would be false you know mm -hmm. um and, but it doesn't mean that we don't trust him uh but there are days when we feel it's it's a heavy burden that's um that we need to lay at his feet and so but what I'm, I guess I'm getting to is that his promises in the gospel is, has not collided with um, the trials that we're going through. Mm. Um, it is part of his plan that we are going through this. Mm. Um, so, I mean, even though Al is the one that's going through the, the leukemia, um, we both are learning from mm -hmm. that because it's growing both of us and um, mm. and hopefully for his purpose you know to be used that we would be tools that can be um a blessing to to others so yeah praise god i'm curious um is there like a passage that comes to mind that's maybe been i mean there's there's so many passages that speak to your situation but is there one in particular that's been especially meaningful to either one or both of you in this time uh yeah, for me, it's it's about that concept of peace that I spoke earlier on. Yeah, that's right. On 16, verse 33, uh, right before Jesus ascends to heaven, um, between the time of his crucifixion and he uh, was walking with his disciples, you know, he says that I am your peace. 
and yeah. my peace I leave you, you know, and he's kind of alluding to the Holy Spirit. Right. He left with us, um, not just with us, but in us. And so, again, the peace that I've had over, over this, I, I really do believe and trust in. It's the Holy Spirit enabling me, me to have a, have a greater sense of peace about it. Um, Praise God. And so that's been really helpful to me. And also, uh, Matthew, I forget the, ver- the, the chapter and verse, but it's where Christ uh, is, is saying to you, come to me, all you who are heavy laden, and bring your burdens to me, for my, my yoke is light. And I, I know I'm not getting a complete um, yeah. accurate quote on that, but uh, that's something that actually helped me a couple of years ago, um, and it's, it's one that leads me now. So. Yeah. A great passage. And you? Uh, so many passages. Um, I would, for me, um, in the beginning, I think it was Second Corinthians four um, sixteen through eighteen, where it says, "So do not lose heart, mm. though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day, yeah. for the slight momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory." being all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Um, Al and I um, have also been going through um, Paul David Tripp's um, um, Morning Mercies. Is that what it's called? New Morning Mercies. Mercies. And we have gone through this a couple of years now, but we feel like every time we read it, God is showing us something through it. And in fact, today we were reading from um, today's reading. It was so, um, so, so good because it, it, um, the question is the difficulties of your life are not in the way of God's plan. They are a tool of it. They're crafted to advance his work of grace. Um, And he asks us two questions. He says, but perhaps the two most important questions we could ask between your conversion and your final resurrection are, what in the world is God doing right here, right now? I mean, it really applied to us. I mean, it applies to us all the time, but, but that was such a critical question. And how in the world should I respond to what God is doing? And, um, wow, those are great questions. They are great questions. But, but I think it, uh, the passage he quotes from um, talks about being steadfast. It's from James, James chapter 1. Is it counted all joy, my brothers? When you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Yeah. And we were talking about that, and um, that's that's what we would want as we go through this, that we would be steadfast. Um, you know, and that we are lacking nothing when we are in Christ, right? Okay. So, um, and we know that he is with us. Um, and that we have not been forgotten, you know? So, um, anyway, so I, I thought those were good. Yeah. Those are great, great thoughts and passages. Um, so, you know, this, this current season we're on in Redeemer radio has, we're, we're zeroing mostly in on just the idea of seeing a church as family. And we've talked a little bit about that. And so one of the questions I had was, you know, around that for you guys, what has it meant to be a part of a church family as you've uh, walked through this difficulty? Uh, well, I would have to 
really speak on not just the current journey, but uh, even some of the prior um, journeys, if you will, that we've gone through in life over the last really almost 25 years. I mean, we're one of the oldies at Redeemer. We started coming to Redeemer in February of 96. So we're almost at 25 years at Redeemer. And so, um, again, like everyone else, we, this isn't the first time we've had um, a bumpy road in life to go through. Mm-hmm. And through this particular journey and in some of the prior journeys that um, God has taken us through, our family at Redeemer has really been a godsend, um, both literally and figuratively. Uh, the, the, the way that we have been encouraged with people walking alongside of us and just, I mean, I mean, the cards that I get right now, or mm-hmm. that we get, not just me, um, are just incredibly encouraging. You know, it's, it's funny. It, it's kind of like you're on a, a circular wheel and God, God uses God's people to help each other. And it's like a circular wheel. And that is people tell me how encouraged they are by the words. Uh, like I put um, updates on Facebook and so yeah. it translates that into caring bridge, which is a, a website that people can yeah. go to see how we're doing. And I have more people telling me how encouraged they are by just our updates. Uh, I'll, and I, I, I hope that we can be transparent um, in it in that, uh, Again, we're not super Christians. We have tough days. Mm-hmm. Some days I don't feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, but they tell me how encouraged they they are by the words that I've, I've put down about how we're doing. But then I'm encouraged by their encouragement. Yeah. And so it's, cool. a, it's amazing how God puts us on this wheel. Of we encourage one another, and then we're encouraged by them, and they're encouraged by us. And wow. so the way God uses his people to help each of us go through life when we're going through a bumpy road in life. And we have, we all have those seasons. Yeah. And so it's just been amazing. So I'm so thankful for uh, whether it be meals. I mean, we've had so many people come and we've had some good eats. <laughs> yeah. um, and some days I haven't been able to participate because my taste buds were off or I was nauseous and didn't feel good. Um, but so can, can attest that we've had some incredible meals delivered to us Wow! and just acts of kindness in other ways as well. Um, so, um, most of my immediate family are, are not believers and mm-hmm. they live away from us. Mm-hmm. And so for them to, to help us as, I mean, the distance has been really hard, uh, yeah. but what, what I, they are amazed by is the support that we have received from our church family. I mean, like Al said, we've been a redeemer for over 25 years, and um, they have seen us go through, my family has seen us through hard things, you yeah. know, and <clears throat> loss of jobs, loss of parents, um, um, marriages. I mean, we have kind of gone through a lot of those and but they have seen redeemer over and over um step out to help us i'll tell you one fun instance this time uh during this uh season that we're in um i drove to the hospital um to see al one day and my car died um in in the parking garage and um i had uh, somebody help me push it into a spot and um, because of the way the garage was designed, there was really kind of hard to get a tow truck inside the garage. I had a couple of guys from Redeemer come out, try to fix the car, but they couldn't. And then they had to 
push the car out of the garage wow. to outside so it could be towed away without me even having to look around. I just said, I have this problem. And then a couple of guys came from church wow. and did that. Mm -hmm. um, and then we had another instant. We had a leak on uh, our AC unit into a bedroom upstairs. And I mentioned it again. And then I had a couple of guys manage the renovation, the water mitigation, without, so that I could still go back and forth to see Al. Wow. So those are just things that um, the church family has been, mm -hmm. aside from all the amazing meals, I mean, uh, mowing the lawn. I mean, we, we have not had to, um, we have not had to ask for a lot of help and people have just stepped up. Um, and that's, that's really a, a true blessing, you know, so, um, and we can't even... <laughs> It's amazing. Yeah, that's so encouraging. Um, yeah, it's, it's a neat. And aside from that, also prayer. We 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 know that people are praying for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yes. Well, that's a good segue. Uh, what would be some helpful ways for our church family to continue praying for you all? Uh, well, so so I've been at peace about the. Uh, health issues, whether it's, you know, whether it affects me and my lifespan, et cetera. But I'll, I'll tell you, I'll be transparent and honest. One area that I had some anxiety over is, um, is my job situation and our income situation. Yeah. In fact, I talked with my boss yesterday uh, to get a, to give an update and to, and to talk about some issues uh, as far as my return to work. And um, I, my job is likely to get filled by somebody because uh, mm -hmm. I've been out of work now since July and I'm probably not going to be able to return to work at the earliest is February. Yeah. And they're going to have to fill my position. Okay. And, and also uh, I'm going to have to go out on personal leave because my FMLA is about to run out. And um, so we're about to, we're about to enter a time where we're going to have an income gap. Mm. And, um, and we don't have a lot of savings uh, to fall back on. Um, and so I'm a little bit anxious about the, the financial aspect over the next coming few months. And then also, what does this mean as far as me going back to work? Right. Because I may not have a job waiting for me, although I, I will employee at where I work, uh, but I won't have my job to go back to. And so... So the, and so I have a little bit of anxiety over that. I went through a, a period of time about 20 years ago where I was unemployed several times and, um, and God worked in my heart through that as far as holding on to work, et cetera. And, and uh, oftentimes we take our identity by the work that we do. And I, I've let a lot of that go. Um, but I'm finding that there's some anxiety that I, that I used to have. I'm, I'm, starting to undergo again. Yeah. So pray for that. Uh, I, uh, I fully trust that God will provide for us because he has provided, provided for us in the past, especially during that period of time years ago. Um, and so I trust in that. Yeah. So I, but trusting in that doesn't mean I still don't have anxiety. And right. so uh, my prayer is that I would just be faithful and trusting in God Yeah. and uh, would honor him in both in my thought life as well as in how we, 
just walk through this journey. Thanks so much for sharing that. Yeah, I, I'm really sorry to hear that. And I could see how that could definitely be a little scary to, to face that. And it's, you know, neat to see just how you've seen God work before, but it doesn't mean it's still not hard to, to walk through and have some anxiety. So we'll definitely be praying for that. Sook, is there anything you would add? Um, I, I think I said earlier about how we can't really plan. Just, I mean, there are days, weeks where we just have to be spontaneous because it changed, you know, our whole plan has changed. But um, we're waiting for Al to be able to get on to the next round of chemo. Mm-hmm. Um, initially, it was going to be like a 28-day period, but it's now looking like a 40-day period. But okay. just that we would trust that, whatever that is, you know, if it's 40 days or 45 days or whatever it is that, that, you know, because his reaction and, and all that is still new to us. So we just need to, um, to just rest in that, I guess, because, you know, the, the, it just keeps that. Yeah. We just can't plan anything. And and I, I, I get that. I just sometimes need to still rest in that, you know, no. Okay. So I don't know what's going to happen next week. It's okay. You know, kind of, um, and, um, uh, I'll add one more thing. And that is, uh, you know, I've had a few people say how great that was that I get a little bit more time between, um, treatment plans. And I'm, I'm actually, I'm the other way around. Mm-hmm. I'm very disappointed that I can't just go in. I know that there's going to be days where I don't feel good and I have side effects. And, and I've also been told by uh, our nurses that uh, are in the oncology unit that my effects this coming month might be different from the prior month, even though it's a similar regimen. And you know, I was emotionally and mentally prepared. Let's get this going. I know I'm not going to feel good. Let's get it done and get it over with. I, I want to move forward and get past this. And now I'm having to wait. Wow. And, you know, I think that one of the hardest things we, we go through in life is uncertainty about where the next day is going to be or the next month is going to be and just having to wait. Um, you know, and so much of what God talks about um, in various parts of scripture about yeah. us waiting and I'm having to wait. And so obviously <laughs> uh, I, I have a lot to learn in that area. So um so yes, yeah, so I'm waiting for two. I, I feel okay. I feel ready for the next regimen, but my body is not ready. Is what is what the uh, is what the truth is, and so yeah, that's that's another aspect of prayer requests. Wow, now oh, that's those are those are helpful ways. It really helps us to know how specifically to pray for you guys. I think of you know the Lord's Prayer. He says, "Our daily bread." pray for our daily bread. And that's just praying to meet our needs for today. And, and, you know, I think we're tempted. We want to pray for our monthly bread or our, our annual, you know, to have enough to just be set for a month or a, in terms of just having our plan figured out and, and no surprises. And, but he teaches us to pray for our daily bread. That's, that's teaching us to, that we have to every day um, pray for enough to get through that day. And I, I see God, um, teaching you guys that and it's encouraging to see you guys really embracing that. And, and in some ways I'm almost jealous cause I, you know, I need to grow in that area so much um, as a planner myself, but um, yeah. Well guys, thank you so much for sharing. This is such a gift to our church to get a glimpse um, into your world. Um, I thank you for your 
honesty and, and transparency and um, just for, yeah, a very helpful update. And um, we will continue to be praying for you guys. And uh, we love you guys and, and uh, look forward to, you know, hopefully seeing uh, things continue to get, get better for you. So. Well, thanks for giving us this forum to share too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and thanks Ross. And um, again, I just want to say thank you to everyone at Redeemer yeah. um, and anybody else that's listening to this that uh, may not be a member of Redeemer. We've had so many people reach out in acts of kindness and prayers, and we're really thankful for that. Mm. Right. Yes. Praise God. All right. Well, um, we will see you guys around. All right. We'll do. Thanks. Thanks Ross. Have a great day. Bye. 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 Bye.